Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Max Effort Kitchen. We are doing a culinary artistry segment today. Uh, we are going to the number two mother sauce, which is the Volute sauce. So grab your pen, grab your notebook, and let's get it rolling. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. Max Effort Kitchen. I am your host, Chef Matt, and uh, we are doing a culinary artistry episode today. This is your cooking class, your technique 101. We are starting at the basics. Um, I've literally only recorded one other episode. <laughs> so uh, this is the second of the mother sauces. Uh, we first, just to recap a little bit, our first mother sauce was a bechamel. That's our white cream sauce. If you missed that episode, uh, go back and uh, check it out. It's a good one. I got some good comments off of it. Um, some people asking questions and uh, that is exactly what I want. Um, because when it's silent, that just either means you're not making it or uh, you're not trying hard enough because uh, the stuff's not easy to learn over the radio. And uh, I am here for, you know, your resource. I'm your resource, you know. I'm the one trying to teach it to you. I'm the one getting the information out there. So hit me up uh, at Instagram. It's the best way to get a hold of me, uh, Max Effort underscore kitchen at Instagram. Uh, you'll see me posted all kinds of things on there. Um, but I basically stay within the trifecta, which is family, food, and uh, weightlifting. That's my trifecta. Remember, we've had that episode where we talked about how to find your trifecta, and uh, you should go out there and check that one out if you haven't seen it. Uh, so today, I want to open the culinary artistry with uh, a quote, and the quote goes like this. There are many ways and principles in cooking. Uh, the main one is to make the person whom you are serving happy. That is a quote by Escoffier. Um, we talked about who that was in the last episode, um, so go back to your notes, check that out. Um, the, that gentleman was uh, the reason why we have a professional kitchen right now, in my opinion. Uh, he's the reason why we have structure, the cleanliness, the aptitude, I mean, the standard, everything you can think of, right? So he makes a really good point in, in that quote that, you know, there, you can go out there and you can cook a potato 500 million ways. You can process it 500 different ways. Uh, but the whole objective is not to show that you can do it a whole bunch of different ways. It's to make the person whom you're serving happy or persons or whatever, you know, if you're serving your dog, great that better be the happiest dog out there. But the, the idea is that um, we're not going to get fixated on one method. We're not going to say it's my way or the highway. What we're going to do is we're going to take the foundation in which we are learning and then we are going to learn it and then find ways to um, enhance it or find ways to uh, do it better in the process in which works for you. But still, the end goal has to be the same, 
process or the same thing, which is to make that person happy. You know, you, you never want to go out to a restaurant and have bad service or anything, but the one thing that will always stand out and will make you most people that I know and myself not go back to a restaurant is bad food. And, you know, there's a handful of other things, but I would say the most memorable thing is the, the experience and the food. In fact, I was talking to a, uh, a friend the other day that, you know, he's, I don't know, 45 and just remarried, doesn't have any, you know, all his kids are grown. So he doesn't really, um, it's like a double income, you know, single parent, not, no, it's not single parent, but double income, no kids situation. I think the acronym is DINK. Yeah. And so he goes out to eat a lot. And he was telling me the other day, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, how was uh, the other night? Because I knew he went out to eat. And and, uh, he told me, he was like, you know, I probably never tell anybody this. And so I hope uh, for my sake, his wife is not listening. (laughs) I don't think she listens to this. But what he said was, I was very underwhelmed by the food. The service was good. The uh, atmosphere was good. But the food was very underwhelming. And to me, that, that just like ugh, makes me so sad, right? Because um, the whole objective is to make the best that we can. And I tell my stores of this a lot, you know, because we have 12 stores um, across the Portland area. And, you know, I'm in charge of the food. I, you know, quality, everything. And yes, do we have a recipe book? 100% we do. We have the same recipe book in every kitchen. The One of the most things I hear when I walk into a store and I'm, you know, going through and talking to the kitchen manager or I'm talking to maybe uh, one of our floating managers is, yeah, uh, we, you know, they make the, the peppers a little bit different here. And every time, my answer is exactly the same. Okay, well, let's look at the peppers. Is the end result what we're trying to achieve? Are we maybe processing the peppers but still getting that same end result? If the answer is yes, then move forward, have fun, and I'm glad you're trying something new. You know, there, There's something about standardization that there's a point where which standardization can be good. And then there's a point in which standardization can be over the top and to the point where it's inefficient. Because in, in this instance, you know, we have 12 very different locations. They're all located in suburby kind of neighborhood spots. They're all different sizes. They all have different sizes walk-ins. They all have different size prep areas, different uh, arrangements on how and where and when you can prep. So what I always try to convey to the people that I am teaching is that I don't care how you get there. As long as you are safe, you are using 101 technique and you're not uh, doing any cross-contamination or anything, you know, safe. Uh, And that end result is what we expect in our standard of which we have set for the past 30 years. We're good. And we move on. And it's the same thing with, you know, these things that I'm teaching you, like, you know, this is a foundation. We're doing the basics for a reason 
because it's a foundation. We set the foundation. And then once that foundation is rock solid, then we can take and say, okay, well, let's, let's build a little platform over here and see how we can't elevate this. Okay, let's, let's build something over here and see how we can't elevate this or make it a little bit more efficient for me and how my kitchen is set up. Or how can I do this because I've you know, got three kids, I'm a single parent. How can I still achieve what he's talking about but do it in half the time? There are many instances that can happen, you know? And so I just, I encourage people to think outside of the box and understand that uh, there's a million and one different ways to process a potato. But at the end of the day, if we're still getting perfectly cooked, creamy mashed potatoes, I don't give a shit how you did it. Well, I do because I'm kind of a nerd like that, but you understand the, the concept. So Moving on, uh, um, that was my little rant for, for this one. Uh, let's talk about uh, Volute Sauce. And uh, like I said last episode, this one is one of the easier sauces. I'm going to say the first one was pretty darn easy. The second one, Volute, is ex- probably equally easy. Uh, a couple terms that we want to know. Um, and that is, uh, we learned clarified butter already, so we don't really need to go over that. But the, the first term that I want to talk about is a white stock. Now, we all know, we all know what stock is. Stock is a base of something of liquid that has been flavored, because that's, that's your basic sauce. Within stocks, we have um, you know, white, we have brown, uh, we have pretty much uh we have a fish stock and that's pretty much it as far as the stock goes so today we're going to talk about the white stock uh the white stock is it's generally so i okay and most i would say 90 percent of the time i make a white stock i'm using chicken bones okay um most kitchens you work in will use chicken bones, but you can make a white stock out of beef bones or veal bones. But for the sake of um, ease and understanding and differentiation, we're going to use chicken, uh, chicken bones. Um, so basically all it is, is it's a stock that has good clarity, high gelatin factor and light in color. Okay. So, uh, it's going to look like the color of your chicken noodle soup. And there's a reason why, because velute is, the velute sauce is the base of your chicken noodle soup. It is your stock. It's your white stock, okay? Um, so that's, the velute sauce is, is primarily the base of pretty much any sauce you put over a white meat. I'm talking fish or chicken. And... Uh, primarily chicken, like it only makes sense that we're making uh, velute sauce base for a chicken, you know, maybe like a chicken limon or, you know, we're doing maybe a chicken marsala. That is a, but that, that starts with a velute sauce. Okay. So, you know, that, that white stock is a term that we're going to use as a stock that is made with, uh, you know, chicken, and the bones and 
It has high, high, high gelatin. It's very, very light in color, and it's going to have some good clarity. So um, let's talk about the next term, which is mirepoix. I'm sure you've all heard this term before and probably don't remember it. I'm sure you've used it in many recipes and have no idea. But mirepoix is a combination of carrots, celery, and onion. Okay? These are the things that we need to know because mirepoix is literally the base of a lot of American foods. Um, But it's broken down into a percentage, and that percentage is 50% diced up onion. You can do white onion. You can do yellow onion. Rarely do you see red onion, but you can do it. Um, Then it's 25% celery and another 25% carrot. Um, You can mess around with the color of carrots. You can mess around with, uh, there's not much you can do with celery. Celery is celery pretty much all all around. So um, those are the terms that we're going to need to know to make this uh, velouté sauce. Uh, let's talk about uh, stock for a second because I, I did talk about white stock and what it was, but I want to go back to it and just give you an understanding of what's in a stock. So bones, cold water, mirepoix, and then you got your spices. I usually use like dried thyme. Um, I save all my parsley stems for this. Um, it's some f- uh, like full-on peppercorns. We don't crush them. It's full-on peppercorns. Um, and then a couple bay leaves. And the thing about st- uh, stock is whenever I make stock, I make the absolute most stock I can do. Um, and I, I mean, I'll use all my pots. Uh, I'll do whatever I can because generally if I'm making stock, it means that I have all this stuff and I'm ready to go and I want to make a lot of it because you can freeze it. Uh, you can hold it in your fridge, but I like to take like a, um, ice cube tray and, you know, make the stock properly cool it, put it in the ice cube tray, put it in the freezer, let that freeze in there, pop them out and throw them in a, like a freezer Ziploc baggie. And then you always have your white stock on hand, ready to go. You throw that in a pan, it's going to melt just like nothing. There you go. Like, holy crap, that time saver alert. I mean, come on. Um, but there, there's a lot of ways and ideas that we can, you know, throw out there about making stock. But the number one rule is we never want to boil a stock and we want to let it go as long as we possibly can. I'm saying 24 hours, 24 hours is a very good time. And if you're making enough, that will be fine. And if you need to add water, that will be okay. But the, the longer you can let it go, um, the more flavor you're going to extract, the more gelatin you're going to extract, and it's just going to be so freaking amazing. Um, we're going to do, you know, down the road we'll talk about stocks more, and we'll talk about, like, processes and what to put in it and how to flavor them and what they're really used for and and all that, how to cool them properly and all that. But today I really want to focus on uh, the velouté. So our recipe for velouté, and again, I'll go over this uh, later at the very end of the episode so you have actual amounts. Um, But we're going to do a clarified butter. We're going to do a little bit of flour. And what is that? If we remember correctly from our last episode, what is that called? Anybody remember? 
Exactly. It's called a roux. So we got our clarified butter. We got our flour. We're making a roux. And then we're adding our white stock. We're going to say chicken stock for today. So we'll add our chicken stock. We'll let when what's going to happen is exactly what happened when we added the milk to the bechamel. You know, you'll be making this kind of paste-like substance with your roux. We add our liquid. We're stirring. We're stirring. We're making sure we have no lumps. And then we see it all kind of come together and emulsify. And we got our velouté sauce. You're going to season with a little salt and white pepper. And there you go. So, you know, that's... uh, a really easy way to make something super flavorable. You know, uh, that sauce can be flavored with uh, some lemon. It could have, you could throw a little bit of cream in there with, um, you know, lemon and capers and you put it over top of chicken. You add a little bit of fortified wine and next thing you know, you have a port sauce or you have, well, not much port sauce. Let's say a Marsala sauce. Let's do a, a Marsala fortified wine and, uh, you know, you have a, a, a nice sauce to put over chicken. So you add a bunch of thyme, you know, and something salty, like maybe some anchovies. I mean, like, you, you kind of get what I'm saying. You add a couple more ingredients to flavor it, and then you put it over your protein. Or you put it over your, uh, you know, what, what can we do? Oh, I mean, gravy. There it is. You're, you put in your, your turkey bits in there, and you let that cook with it. And next thing you know, you got turkey gravy. Or shoot, just shred up a turkey breast and throw it in there. And that way you got turkey gravy for, you know, down the road. But this is your, your gravy, uh, your, your clearest gravy type thing. You know, whatever you're putting over chicken. This is your uh, base to uh, your soups. You could do like a, a chicken noodle soup with this, which is fantastic. But... You need the velouté sauce to thicken it. Remember, these sauces are bases. They are not standalone. I'm going to I'm going to eat a bechamel sauce on, you know, on my uh steak. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to put some gorgonzola in there and then you're going to put it on top of the steak. Or I'm going to eat my velouté sauce on, you know, an airline chicken breast. No, please don't do that. You know, let's flavor it and then we can put it on there. So it is our foundation, right? It is the, the spot in which holds the flavor. It's like if you hold your hands out underneath a, you know, a water spigot, you put the water in your hands. The volute are, is your hands. The water is the seasoning. And think of that analogy because we want to season our food. Uh, we want to make sure that we're taking the time to process this correctly and make good food. Remember, we're building a foundation here, people. So we want to understand that these, uh, these terms and these uh, sauces that I'm talking about, they're not super complicated. Shoot, I just explained that in like 20 minutes. Um, and that's the whole point of it. I don't want it to be this long, drawn-out recipe. I don't want it to be this uh, thing you have to listen to an hour prior to cooking, right? I want you to be able to pop this on on the way home and be like, okay, I'm going to learn how to make velouté sauce. I'm going to take some notes maybe at my office or when I get into the kitchen, I'm going to throw my phone on and we're going to do it together. You know, again, 
I am your resource. Hit me up on Max Effort Kitchen underscore at Instagram. Um, and that's where you are going to find me. I have uh, some fun things coming up. I got to work with a foundation um, this weekend. And there's going to be some really great interviews coming from the Kabuki Syndrome uh, Foundation, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we went up to Seattle and had a really cool uh, conference and, and just an, uh, a time to get together and let other families um, ask questions and observe and see that they're not alone. Um, so some big things are coming from the Kabuki Syndrome Foundation that once I get that nailed down, I will uh, release. Uh, the T-shirts uh, are all gone, I'm happy to say. Uh, and I will be doing another campaign. I'm working on it. I'm going to say probably two to four weeks, two to three weeks. We'll see. Um, it's getting pretty close, but I'm going to run another campaign here soon. Uh, we're going to be doing some fundraisers. I'm really excited. Um, I hope, uh, you take a, take a peek at this episode. I hope you have some questions and remember, uh, food is love and everybody get out there and you know, cook some food, make some people happy. All right. Have a great night.